there, time travelers. Welcome to another very special Ezra Credit podcast um, episode of Read It and Weep. I am your host, Alex Falcone, in North Koreatown, Los Angeles, and I am joined by the titular character of this bonus series, Mr. Ezra Fox. Hey, buddy. Come in and know me better, man. <laughs> That's not the one we watched. That's confusing. That's, I mean, I watched it for fun. Yeah, it's a fun one, and that is a... That's a good. What a good. He's. That's present, right? That's yeah. That is. That is yeah. Absolutely. What other, a great portrayal of present as just like, just the jolliest fella. That that is the weirdest sort of tr- like I guess trio of ghosts, right? It's like look, we got like floaty, creepy angel, uh, like mm-hmm. ba- baby angel. We have um, yeah, uh, like like basically death, and then we also have uh, you know just like basically Santa. Uh, yeah, Santa, lust for life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the um oh yeah I forgot about creepy ghost lady that is weird not, too yeah I don't I don't none of them I like uh yeah, okay so we have so much to talk about but you know what always bothered me about that story at least the Muppet version which is the um classic this is the the official the canonical version yes. of Christmas Carol yes um when he shows when when death when when Christmas future yeah. is like terrible things let me show you how you don't want to be yeah what don't go down this path yep. They just show him dead in a while. Did he not expect that? Why was that so bad for him? He's an old man. <laughs> well, actually, we don't know that for sure. Maybe he's like 35. <laughs> just, yeah, Scrooge is just did not take it. Just the hate and the greed has has warped him. It's the kind of thing. If you're Michael, look, I'm not saying that like it's great news, but it's also not like... Like, ooh, it's a cool prediction, Christmas future, on some future Christmas that with no date, I will be dead. Well, it's, look. Like, that felt like that was my ghost of Christmas heart doctor. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. If you keep eating like that, if you keep eating like ghost of Christmas present, you're going to end up in this hole. <laughs> um, I, I like to think that it wasn't just that, you know, he died, uh, but also that everyone's super stoked about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, like. I don't know. I guess that like it just it seems still minor. That's like, look, someday you will be dead, and a couple of people you've never heard of will be real dicks about it. Like, this isn't. Yeah. If it was like this is his family dancing a jig on his grave, maybe. But these are just like strangers. He's like, <laughs> I guess this is that Scrooge guy I heard about from the papers. He's dead. Yeah. I don't care. That's true. That's true. I I, I do also like the the how he could possibly be shocked at the reveal of like the um <laughs> of the of the tombstone of that grave basically. Because yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> there's because there's no Wait, one else that be. he knows. It can't be. <laughs> Yeah, what, what, yeah, somebody else died. You're like, oh, wait, no, Meryl Streep, but I love her. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It has to be you. Yeah. Um, all, I, I mean, I think if you do Ghost of Christmas Present and you just go to a bunch of houses and people are taking time out of their busy Christmas parties to talk shit on you, that's one thing. I could see how that would hurt. And you, should li- you shouldn't live that current life. Mm-hmm. But in the future, strangers are happy you're dead. It's just not super persuasive to me. It's not enough for me to buy a turkey. Well, good news, Alex, because then you don't have to change your, how you're living now. Because <laughs> yeah, that's how I, I always watch Christmas Carol with an eye towards how can I not change. Um, that's the true. That's the true way of Christmas. <laughs> I'm doing fine already. Um, so uh, anyway, we don't have time to talk about that because we have two short Christmas movies we're going to talk about. This is our uh, Ezra credit, of course, is our fabulous uh, uh, Meat Buddy bonus segment segment where Meat Buddies uh, voted on a topic for me to make Ezra come back on the show and watch with me. Um, in meat Buddies like Margaret, who recently has been supporting our show since 2016, but recently moved over to the new Patreon system. If you would like to join them and vote on topics and as a bonus keep this show from ending up hated in an early grave you can go to <laughs> metreon.com and i really uh, appreciate everyone who supports our show okay so uh alex also for the record two- we're old enough now that's just a timely grave it's not it's not really early anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh really it says 2017 wow that's fair <laughs> Um, we've got uh, two things. So the first thing, um, so I put up holiday uh, as our theme, and one of the suggestions came from Jordan, from Meet Buddy Jordan, who said this, uh, Claymation Christmas, I don't even know where you would find it these days, but I would love you to critique the California Raisins Christmas movie, by which he means the Will Vinton Claymation Christmas, um, they uh, mean. Uh, as a child, we recorded it off TV and had to fast forward through the commercials. I bet it still holds up. Actually, that's my only regret in this, is that we didn't have yeah. 
eighties commercials along with this. Really nostalgic for me. Um, like they're amazingly nostalgic. If you watch like a YouTube thing that's got super old commercials in it, and then also really weird because when we watched, what was it? Um, Star Wars Christmas special, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the Star Wars Christmas special had an ad from like American garment workers that was like, "Don't make T-shirts in China," and it was very like, "Yeah, you guys, we are the ghost of your Christmas future," and that did not work out for you. Turns out we did not. T-shirts listen, are made overseas now. Campaign. Yeah, you or you failed at that ad. If that was what your goal was. Um, anyway, so this is. Uh, let's see, nineteen. Oh, I wrote nineteen eighty-seven and nineteen eighty-four in two different I think parts. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Yeah, nineteen eighty-seven. Um, this is nineteen eighty-seven. Claymation. I, I believe the official title is um, a claymation Christmas celebration. Um, although the poster says Will Vinton's claymation Christmas celebration. Um, so this is a it's a it's a collection of stop motion animated Christmas carols, um, hosted by, as Wikipedia generously put it, an erudite Tyrannosaurus Rex and a dim-witted, bespectacled Stegosaurus, or sorry, Styracosaurus with a gluttonous appetite. Um, I would say by just the most unfunny host duo in animation history um, in claymation history at least in claymation history for sure um but yeah they they host a series of of songs so the quick summary we have we three kings sung by some three kings and their doo-wop camels um carol of the bells performed by humanoid bells and directed by quasimodo oh tannenbaum but each line of the song is inside the ornament of the previous tree so like by the end you're like two corks celebrating christmas <laughs> um, a group of penguins who are trying to murder a walrus ice dancing couple um to a song whose name i did not write down a world music version of joy to the world um and of course rudolph the red-nosed reindeer as performed by everybody's favorite marketing spokes characters created by the california raisin advisory board the Motown singing California Raisins um, as they leave their Christmas Eve gig. Um, and then, of course, many versions of misheard lyrics of Here We Go, A Wassling. So, Ezra, have you are you familiar, previous to this experiment, with a claymation Christmas celebration? No. I don't know if, if there's a stronger word than no. Um. <laughs> Extremely no. Yeah, there's the okay, most Okay, this no. is all a surprise to you. Oh, that's fascinating. I don't. Was this so for for people who celebrate Christmas? Was this a thing that everyone knew about a lot of? Like, I, so you know, it's sometimes hard to tell when you have something that's such a big part in your house to understand how much people in other houses are or are not celebrating it. This is my mom's favorite Christmas thing, and we definitely watched it a lot as a kid. And then there was a long time where we it was unfindable, and so it was like a it was the fabled. California Raisins Christmas and then it came out on DVD and my mom got it and then we watched it repeatedly since then and you know she when she was teaching music she showed all of her students it like this is she is evangelical about this special but I guess so I guess that kind of that that dark period and the fact that she has to tell everybody makes me think this might have been obscure uh, just for my family and Jordan's family but to me this is like the Christmas special one of the tests that'll be helpful is like how many ratings are there on IMDb for this Right, because that's oh, give you okay. Some that's an objective measure. Of, yeah. Oh. Are you looking it up? I am. Because um, the other thing is, you know, it did get a number of votes. So as far as, it, it did get the winning number of votes on our Patreon poll. I mean, this, so this is just seven hundred votes uh, on uh, seven hundred like ratings. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, let's see, popularity is that not good? Three thousand. I don't know. Like this, this is. I think like. Well, all right. Let me let me see if the Emmett the Emmett Otter one where it's like, is it more well known? Because I didn't know about either of these, so this has been a weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I was was gonna save that until we got to the second half of this episode, and I was going to say, um, what is stronger than no? I've never heard of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, but we'll get to that yeah. in a bit. Uh, Emmett um, Otter has more votes, uh, but um, but it yeah, it does. Interesting. It also shows up in the IMDb as more like Claymation Christmas, so at least we know that they have some some something in There's common. There's some overlap, yeah. Okay. So okay. So what is your just like feels dump? Like, give me your just like gut reaction to what just happened. I don't. I don't have the words for this. This is like. <laughs> this is. This is. I think actually a really good case for why you teach kids about religion when they're impressionable. Because if you try it later on, some things, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, you're not speaking, I believe, of the actual religious content of this special, which is pretty minimal, but but more of the yeah, as like it's, the California raisins as a religious experience. It's more like so. There's this um, there's this thing in language uh, where it's I think like this like language acquisition period that you kind of need to like get people this. Uh, you have to teach basically yeah. the language you know, uh, within a certain time in order for them to become fluent, uh, and then like that after that you know they can gain some language stuff, but just like the brain hasn't like has already like kind of formed in a certain way. Well, it'll make it kind of tricky to like actually have that. And this is um, this is why I'm 20 years into learning Spanish and no habla. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think you 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 just have to learn the first language, and then you're, you seem to be and you seem to be good there. So I think like other languages oh, are still okay. possible. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so it is just that I'm not trying hard enough. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. But, I thought you were giving me a perfect out for why I'm not learning languages fast uh, enough. No, the real reason is sorry. not putting a lot of effort. This is still in on you. Um, no, but but uh, but but so I think this is a great kind of thing where it's just like you know I I think no matter like I did not get this in my life early enough to have it uh, to have this make sense to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I I think I liked it. Uh, it was weird. <laughs> like it's the kind of thing that made me wish I was a person who had drugs around and could take them because I think that'd be a lot of fun. He <laughs> um, was a little druggy. Yeah. So I just be. But but I mean, there, there's like everything I learned about this was just more what uh, because I don't know if you realize this, but the dinosaurs were not invented for this. These dinosaurs, this this dinosaur couple already existed uh, from 1980. No. Yes. Okay, wait. Okay. So, uh, John, wait. Uh, Rex and Herb. T Rex is named Rex. Gross. Oh, and Herb because he's a herbivore. Oh. Um, Thanks. Uh, Thank you for <laughs> pulling down the chart on that one. I did not get it. These are from the Will Vinton videos from 1980, including Dinosaurs, a fun filled trip back in time. Oh, so these are like, these are classic Will Vinton. Yeah, I was, um, like like the raisins. So it's really just a Will Vinton, um, like, uh, adventures. What, what puppets moment, do we actually? have already lying around? Yeah, adventures. I shouldn't have stepped on your joke. Um, but it is, it is also just like, what clay characters did we have lying around <laughs> that we could make a Christmas special with? And that makes sense, right? Because you, you don't, I don't think you make a new one for this. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit on previous Christmas episodes, but one of the things about that's really like kind of strange about, that I, it's easy to not know about is how much what was affordable at the time in the late 80s, early 90s has affected what we think of as Christmas classics or even before that. But like um, It's a Wonderful Life was like not particularly popular when it first came out. It was not super successful. And then it was just later where it was like a cheap movie that people could put on TV and show a lot Mm. that it became the beloved essential Christmas movie. And and so much of like what I think of as like fundamental comedies in the comedy uh, dialogue as humanity is just Comedy Central could only afford a certain kind of crap comedy in the early 90s. And so they just showed them over and over and over again. So I saw it a bunch of times and thought it was essential. So it th- this is part this is part of that where they were like we just had these characters lying around we could make a quick Christmas special with them. We can throw our annoying Siskel and Ebert parody dinosaurs onto this. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll be the first to I guess say I did not hate these dinosaurs because I really I'm sorry man. Oh, it's so surprising. Tell me more. Why did you enjoy the dinosaurs? I don't know. I just like i think my expectations for all this were just um low (laughs) 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 well boy are you were you in luck then um i okay so i've seen this a bunch of times and then i had not seen it in a little while and i showed uh, Megan a couple years ago my wife and I watched it at my parents house and she was not particularly impressed the first time she saw it or at least first time in a long time and this time we watched it she liked it a lot more and so I do feel like there's some weird expectations setting there where if it's like hey you have to watch this the best Christmas special ever you're not gonna like it but if it's like oh this is a thing I have to watch for podcasts and then you're like wrapping a present and you kind of watch these songs you'd be like well, this is fun this is harmless mm-hmm. um I I felt like Pretty much everything held up except for the that awful world music, Joy to the World. Joy to the World music, that's what I should have called it. Mm, and right um, and the dinosaurs. I thought pretty much everything else was was enjoyable. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it just, it's just so hacky to be like, here are two hosts and like one of them's smart and the other one's stupid. And then the smart one hits the stupid one. That, that wasn't great. Uh, I, uh, I, 
I do like voice work. I was, maybe this is my sensitivity. I was curious if Herb was supposed to be Jewish. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this was in mind because it's not like a well-known Jewish stereotype that we really like waffles uh, or anything. Yeah. We're not against them. Uh, I, sure, I but. Would, would appreciate you not taking credit for waffles. No, I'm not. Uh, I, the I'm Belgians not. did that. I think we are waffle neutral to positive, uh, but I don't think it's like, but yeah, I was just like, it's like, huh. Is this like because it, it seemed like it was a little? It was a could have been like sort of like like a, more of like a uh, like a New York uh, Jewish stereotype uh, delivery is what I was like. Is this what they're going for? Um, but yeah. knowing that her predates uh, um, like a Christmas special makes me feel better about like this is like this is just it just is what it is. Well, so this is something that you in in terms of the second special we watched. One of the things you were talking about off the air before was how you're looking for specials to show your kids who are. Um, that are less Jesus-y. Yeah. And so how did this fall? Because it does have the some of the religious carols, but also um, is not uh, large portions of it, like the like the bells and mm-hmm. the and the walruses and, and yeah. the the raisins are are pretty non Jesus-y. I, this is this is how I'd say this is like uh, this does not reach it where I would feel a need to show this to them, where it's like, I think this is totally fine if there uh we had like other friends over basically where it's like want to have something that was generally enjoyable to to everyone i think i would have no problem putting this on but this is like not the uh, thing that i want to actively go out and seek um because it's just I, I like i don't have the same connection with these songs or or need to kind of communicate right. the connection with these songs necessarily like i think they're all they're all solid that they're they're fun they're well done but it's not like this is not the thing where it's like i want to pass on this canon very much uh like i want them to get <laughs> I, that I, I think I could tell that from the tone of your voice. Yeah, but but it, did you? Yeah. So you went into where um, the dinosaurs came from. Did you have you dove into the raisins or Will Vinton Studios? Uh, I'm just I just got into that uh, those wiki holes briefly. So Will Vinton became Leica. Yeah. So well, <laughs> it's it's sadder than that. That's a that's a friendly way to say it. Okay. So Will Vinton Studios was a is a Portland based company, which is cool. Portland based claymation animation studio. And it is. It became what is now Leica, which is an incredible stop motion feature animation studio yeah. um, that made Coraline and Paranorman, and recently Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, Missing Link. Two yeah. Strings. Yeah, Kubo. And missing the Link. Two. Missing Link. D- depressingly, um, <laughs> you didn't like. You didn't like. There was like this was. Uh, Twenty nineteen was really the year of uh, of uh, of Yeti movies on the whole. There was a ton. Uh, I know, and it was like this is after I, I had worked on a Yeti book with you, and um, so I wanted to like them so much. I wanted to be into the Sasquatch movies, and I thought Missing Link was pretty disappointing. It was fine. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It was. It was fine. It was fine. But I love. I mean, like Coraline is one of the best uh, dark children's movies I've ever seen, yeah. and I and Paranorman's incredible, and I just love, especially the art of Kubo. I just the work that Leica does is so phenomenal. But here's what happened. <laughs> here's here is the quick story of how Leica came to exist. Uh, so you know it's a happy ending, kind of. Okay, so Will Vinton Studios, Claymation Animation Studio, been around for a decade or more. Um, they made a few specials, but they also made a lot of money in commercials. So like the California Raisins were a commercial property that they made. Yeah. Um, so Phil Knight, mm-hmm. the owner of Nike, has a son named Travis, who decides that with all of the money in the world, he would like to be a stop motion animator, which is very arrested development of him. Can you wait? Or, can, you, can you read his um his his Wikipedia like uh, intro? Because it says uh, for Travis tra- you know, Andrew Knight is an American animator, producer, director, and former rapper. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the richest kid you've ever heard of. Um, yeah, so he decided he wanted to be a stop motion animator. So he got a job at Will Vinton Studios, which was not doing that well. And so his dad, Phil Knight, invested in Will Vinton Studios and then slowly increased his investment until he owned all of it and kicked Will Vinton out. All the way out? So all the way out and then promoted his son to be the head of this company. Hmm. So you, if you are, if your dad owns Nike and you decide you want to be in stop motion animation, it is not crazy to imagine that your dad would buy an animation company for you it's a little sad that it involved kicking will vinton out and he apparently is is bitter about the way it happened so there's like some it, the investment details are kind of um a little sketchy but it also makes sense that 
Phil Knight would be better at it than Will Vinton When you was. say is bitter, you mean was bitter. Was bitter, yeah. I'm so sorry. He died a couple years ago. Unlikely to um, be bitter still. Um, yeah. Um, not going to dig more into that. Um, would if he could. But yeah, anyway, so so his dad bought Will Vinton's and just kicked Will Vinton out and gave it to Travis. And that is so shitty. Except that Travis turns out to maybe be an animation genius. And made that company into something great. I mean, it's that part is so improbable that it makes this, but it changed. It's just like the story is harder to be to tell clearly now because it turns out Travis Knight very good at making stop motion animated features, and um, so I I don't know exactly how I feel about it. It's kind of bad and weird, but also I love Leica. It's a great company, so they did okay things with it. But what a weird history! That's wild. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes when a thing is like that conflicting like that, you don't really have to necessarily come down as a judgment. You just sort of have to say everything that's true and then like just like keep it as a whole, right? Well, and as good news, anytime somebody mentions either Will Vinton or Leica, I tell them everything that I know that is true about it. <laughs> Even if it's it, accidentally passing on the street, they get it all. Oh, man, I, I stop people when they when they said Lycra. I'll stop them and tell them this <laughs> whole story. You know? I love this story. Uh, I, I mean, it's fucked up, but it's interesting. So I like I talk about it a lot. Wow, that's wild. Um, what a weird thing. Yeah, and also just like of all the things that you could decide you're being rapper is less surprising and so much more annoying than stop motion animator. Should as a rich kid thing. Should we take all of the failed rappers and try to give them a claymation studio just to see if we can get it to to, to strike gold twice? Sarah great news. Okay, ga- fair enough. Great, great news. The game here is a very small sewing machine. We need two thousand sweaters that fit a doll. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just such a specific, strange art form, too. If he was like, "I want to be in movies," that would make sense for a rich kid. But he's like, "I want to painstakingly replace mouths on this doll." 60 times a minute or 30 times a minute like what a crazy crazy kind of work uh, you didn't realize this, Six, 30 times a actually, second robot chicken uh it's really a brainchild of vanilla ice so um <laughs> <laughs> um who animates robot chicken that's an interesting question because there just aren't that many animators in the world um I, oh i will tell you one more quick Leica story that mm-hmm. i know from having friends who worked at Leica. um which was when they first launched Coraline, they were like, we are going to be the Pixar of stop motion animation. We are going to be, we're going to put out a a film, one film every year, and they're going to be amazing. And we're going to be so focused on story and character and stuff like this. But like, normally if you're a stop motion animator, you're a, you live out of your van, you travel around. There's just so little work. You go to wherever there's a little bit of work. Um, like you might go to, I, I suppose, Shadow Machine, which is the yeah. group that did Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. You you go to um, you go to Ardman in the UK, and you go to Leica, and there's a few other little places, but there's just not that many places to do it. So you, you wherever there's a job, you go do a job. And Leica was like, no, we're going to be different. We're going to be constant work. So when they were recruiting all of their animators for for Coraline, they were like, buy a house in Portland. This you're gonna. This is a real place. You're gonna have a real job. And they did Coraline, and it was a huge success. And then they laid everybody off because they were not sure that it was even as a huge success or like a relatively large success of a movie. They were like, I don't know that we can actually keep the studio going this way. This is too many animators. And so there was some weird um, there was some weird business with their animators beforehand. But they had a lot of people who'd come over from the UK from Ardman who bought houses in Portland, did one movie and then got laid off. And it's like not much else you could do. So not the it doesn't make them sound like great people when I tell it out loud. No, which is why it's important to tell it out loud, I guess. Yes, to people who like Lycra. Okay, so that's Will Vinton. <laughs> so did you read about the California Raisins? Uh, I read as much as... Um, okay, so I'm going to definitely need some more. And I do remember these guys. I remember them as being a big deal for Raisin Bran, I feel like. Yes, yes. So this was the question that I had to settle that got me down this wiki hole, which is that I remember the California Raisins. I remember them being famous for Heard It Through the Grapevine, yeah, which, which I sort of assumed... 84 on the top, uh, Hot 100? Well, no on the more. Top 100. Which is pretty good for a claymation band. Well, but so <laughs> my memory was that they were an actual like Motown style band, uh, like singing group, acapella group, uh, I guess, that was called the California Raisins. And then Will Vinton animated them as Raisins. And in my head, the reason that made sense was because their song, their hit song was Heard It Through the Grapevine, which is raisin related. Right. That is, none of that is true. No. 
Um, it is a manufactured band specifically for an advertising campaign for the California Raisin Board, which is so weird, right? Yeah, I feel like I think if we learn anything else is that um, with with claymation like up is down left is right like uh like because everything that should be successful fails everything that should be a failure is successful right i guess so i mean it's this should be finally this uh, this should be a decent ad campaign for raisins i guess um you know i i do know that like ocean spray had like dancing cranberries for a while like i get that sure dance berries Um, but dance berries but this should not they're more they need a lot of sugar they're very bitter but um like like wilvin but this should be this should be a thing that was like a kind of fun series of commercials this should not be a commercially successful band with four studio albums um that should not exist that's crazy balls and i would say this even as somebody who like as you and i both have agreed on as like one of the best shows of 2020 being a show about soccer based on a commercial yeah. for a, a channel taking soccer 20 years ago. Um, like that, but that's the, these are the exceptions, you know, normally it's like the Geico caveman tried to do a sitcom and it was the worst thing anyone had ever watched. I mean, I, but I, I like this idea though of just um, like there's something, this thing about this, like things that no one has any expectations about being good. Like that bar is very low to clear there. Right. And so I think just this is I like I like the category of better than it needs to be. Uh, I think that's, that's <laughs> that is that is true. I, I think it's a good way to describe them. They are definitely better as an advertising thing. They're better than they needed to be, and they got bigger because of it. And the, I mean, um, there, there are some probably good. Okay, so here's here's many of the good things about it, right? Where it's like one, like that is that is a hit song, like already, like you know that it makes a lot of sense. Um, yes, right. Like um, and it's raisin themed. Yeah, yeah, kind of. right. That is like they got you know the best like you know claymation uh, you know people to do it, and also like the mm-hmm. voice talent behind it is also really strong. So uh, yes, you have Cam Clark who is like Leonardo and Rocksteady and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, you have um, let's see, who else was I impressed by? Um, other people who I can't Wikipedia fast enough. Yeah, it's tough. I do believe there was like a name for the group that they used for the singing and I have lost oh, yeah. that as Jim well. Cummings, who is like Winnie the Pooh, uh, and like Tasmanian devil and Tigger. Um, Oh fun. Yeah. Um, wait, so were they mostly, wait, so were the singing voices different from the acting voices? That's a good question. Um, cause they also, so fun fact while you're Googling that, um, they also had a mockumentary meet the raisins about them as a band. And they had a Saturday morning cartoon briefly, uh, about the lives of the raisins. Um, and they also had a sequel to the mockumentary that was called Raisins Sold Out. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll say this. I don't have any extra credits, basically, on the on IMDb for anyone else. They could have been the singing voice. Interesting. Also. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, but, yeah, they're great singers. It's a really cool band. It's fun. It's a nice... And, you know, it's in, in the 80s, it was not the current. It was a little bit throwbacky, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, at, at a certain point, you're just like... Um, there's enough things that get stacked up and you're like, wait, what? But then you like, that's enough, right? Like just that, that's enough to like, like, okay, I get, you have my attention. Um, yeah. Let's see what you do with it. Yeah. They, uh, they, they did better than they should have with it. And they, they're a fun group on this. They're, you know, their Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is fun. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Then they just fly away at the end, but it's fun. They're good. Um, and also this is, so to my, to the Will Vinton Leica thing. So they created them for raisins. They appeared in raisin brand because Will Vinton had like this side business doing, um, commercials, which is also true of Ardman and is also true of Leica. And so that's how Leica, Pixar got started. Like, I think what was a big Pixar moneymaker also early on as well was, um, uh, before they were able, they were like, they were doing computer rendered. I think like a Listerine bottle, I think was, was a, one of their big. Oh, early. smart. Yeah. Yeah, so it turns out there's a big demand for this sort of thing. Like Leica's main, one of Leica's most uh, recognizable is the M&Ms, the M&M characters Mm. that you've seen around. And so I guess it is kind of like imagining that those M&Ms put out four studio albums. Like it would be pretty ridiculous, but um, it is like interesting to have done a commercial that's so successful that it's like people are like, I would watch these characters even though I'm, it's on purpose to make me think of Raisin Bran. Like I'm still will, willing to hang out with this raisin brand mascot. This, this is the great thing about like just ra- like about such a broad, uh, I guess brand campaign where it's just like 
like, hey, we want people to know about raisins. Um, great. We'll just say the word raisins a lot. And then, like, sold, right? Everything else is gravy on top of that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point where it's not like, it's not, if, if you're trying to get people like, I want you to buy, uh, I want you to, to use TurboTax for your taxes this year. It's so specific. Whereas if you're the raisin board, you just want people in general to think positively about the idea of raisins. Yeah, it's a, it's just a like, thing that hey, just exists raisins, in the world. That's it. You're done. <laughs> yeah. What? A, so if you do, that's why you can be a little more freeform about it. You can have a band that's like, well, this is just a fun band, and they're for some reason they're raisins. Boy, I do enjoy raisins. Yeah. 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 It does. It does lead to some strange questions because in this sketch, the California raisins just finished singing a gig on Christmas Eve, and so, and we don't see anybody else, because the streets are empty, mm-hmm. but we don't, so we don't know who else lives in this world, did they just do a gig for other raisins, are there more talking dried fruit in this land, what are the other, or is this like a world of like humans, and then also these anthropomorphic raisins that sing songs, it's I, like, I have a dance problem raisin. about this as well, because presumably, you know, I'm assuming in this world, the raisins are still food, right? And so that's a weird thing anytime you say yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, this is, well, unless they're all raisins. Although I did have this thought from um, our next we're going to talk about too, where it's like in Emmett Otter, it's like all the couples are two otters or two porcupines or two... It's like there's two of every animal. So, of course, they ended up married because it was the only... But there's no interspecies marriage in that movie anyway so are these all foods in this world or are they foods and then normal people that would eat foods yeah it's very strange I, um, I, and and like well, so this is a weird thing also where it's like when you anthropomorphize like the actual thing that you're supposed to consume that's always a weirder spot right like so it makes yeah. sense right like i could get it where it's like okay you have a cow mascot you know to encourage milk that i can get there um but, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're trying to convince me that the cow likes it. Yeah, I, definitely. But, 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 yeah, for for raisins, like, yeah, when you have like a when you have like a pig mascot at a barbecue place, it's like, it's like oh. listen, piggy, I don't know if you know what's happening inside this building, but if it you did, you might not be so happy to show for them. Maybe though, it's sort of like, uh, what you know, like the Meeseeks, like in uh, in- <laughs> uh-huh, of course, yeah. So like, they don't want to exist. Right. So it could just be like that. This pig does not want to do this job. These raisins don't want to sing for us. I mean, that's what I would... If if it was like the mockumentary about the raisins, if they were like dealing with the fact that they're a commercial band, that they aren't... They're, they're, they're less the Beatles and more the monkeys. You know, they're like, we were put together for this show, but we still like our each other and our music. Is that okay? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, but no, what I was saying on the music thing was like, what if they just, they don't want to exist anymore. They want to be destroyed and consumed. Because that's like the music. Oh, 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 right, right. Their their desire is to be eaten? Yes, exactly. And it's like, look, that's that's the oh, biggest. that bothers me so much. Oh, really? Yeah, Circle that's creepy. Life, man. No, it's uh, fine. <laughs> look, if that's what they want. There was that. There was this book. This children's. This is a religious children's book. So you may have you may have dodged this bullet because yep. it was a very um, Christian focused children's book. But it was about like trees. What and what they really wanted to become when they were cut down by humans and turned into wood. What and they, what they want to be. Well, one of them. They wanted to be close to Jesus, obviously. And so, like, one became a cross, and then another one became a pulpit. Anyway, I don't remember the details. Okay, but here's the, point the thing was, though. Like, these <laughs> trees sitting around talking about like what they want to be in the sawmill is just so <laughs> fucked up. I mean, I think, look, I, I refuse to believe in a world where trees are sentient, but only some of them get to be close to Jesus. Because I feel like it's like, if there's a world where Jesus exists and trees are sentient, isn't it just all of it? Where it's like, the sawdust is probably going to be like, you know, right? Like, you know, that, like, whatever, like the least of us, like least of my brothers, that kind of thing, where it's like, look, the sawdust is going to be treated well, right? Like, you know, the the, the thing that, the, the you know, the, the toilet paper also will be treated well, right? I think like yeah. everything is as, there's no way to be further or close, you know, as long as you, you look, uh, I don't, Jesus into this your, is your deep theology as, this is deep theology, but I think we can agree that trees do not want to become toilet paper, and if they do, it doesn't make them closer to Jesus. I no, I, those things absolutely <laughs> right in with your opinion I can't, on no, tree I theology. I go along with you. <laughs> this is a thesis for a a, a, relig, a, a philosophy of religion class for sure. Okay, tree this. Um, we need to move on. We have one more quick thing we want to do. Um, so thank you, Meat Buddies, for suggesting it. A fun dive into the claymation. 
um, Christmas. Oh, I guess actually really quick, some I guess some compliments because I've we kind of skipped through some of these. Oh, right. I, the Carol of the Bells by Anthropomorphic Bells and the the design of the bells where they hit themselves with a hammer. They look very serious. When they hit themselves, their eyes all cross and they go like wild, and then it like as it stops vibrating, they go back to being very serious. It was very enjoyable to me. I like that um, a whole lot. I mean, I, this is a little bit unnerving to me. I feel like we are just like um, maybe like five years out from like a, a, a CTE type of um, <laughs> <laughs> like lawsuit. The concussions basically. of the bells. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I also really like the version of We Three Kings with the duop camels. I thought that was <laughs> that's canonical. That's uh... I think that's my new favorite version of that. It's really fun. I do feel like they were all designed to look like the camel cigarettes camel. Oh. And now that I know that this was an advertising company so much, I feel like maybe that was real. Oh yeah. Um, also, the the here we go a wassailing. Um, was like hearing it as waffling and then waddling was super and then uh, wallowing were all super fun do you actually did you by chance wiki hole what wassailing is um no but actually it was interesting because i do have there's a a a drink that i got from um from trader joe's which is their winter uh wassail wassail yeah 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 uh, and so I so, imagine, yeah. So same thing. I didn't go deep on this, but just since the dinosaurs kind of got interrupted while they were explaining it to me, the thing, the, this is like an old British tradition um, that was like we would go around sing Christmas carols with a bowl full of spiced wine, and you had to drink some while we sang to you, and we had to drink some while we sang to you, and then everyone is just schlossed with this bucket of wine they're carrying around door to door. It's go a very funny. <laughs> yes exactly thank you it was just fat it was a fun um silly tradition um you do you, do you get carolers in your neighborhood no not in, not in any times i don't think i've ever we, i'd never place. i'd never really had a caroler before but last year while we were moving into our place in la the day we arrived we were unpacking our u-haul and care and after like two full days of driving this u-haul dragging our car which was um you know pretty terrifying every minute of the whole time so we get to LA, we're finally unpacking to our apartment and there was just like a family, it was like four people, oldest kid on guitar and they were just walking up singing carols and they, so like they were caroling the other apartments in our building while we were loading and it was just, it was magical. It was really lovely. I, I'd never actually had caroling before and certainly not had it in such a fascinating way. So um, I don't get a lot of carolers. I do get a lot of British guys who then like, you know, say it's carolers and then like, you know, um, they show all these cards, uh, you know, uh, one after the other saying that they love me. So that, that happens a lot. Give me a minute to get this joke. Um, it's fine. <laughs> British carol, British carol. <laughs> if you, oh, it. this is, this is Christmas carol. No, so there's, um, there's no, there's, um, it's this a, is Michael Caine. It's a love, actually. Like so, like there, there's like oh. the, basically it's like it's like he's like who is it? And then uh, and then the sign says say it's carol singers. And then uh, uh, Kieran is like it's carol singers. Well, give them a quid, tell them bugger off. And then like it's the, the guy like flipping signs like one after the other, where it's like you know I he's just like saying that he anyway. Someone okay. yeah, listening yeah. got it, and they're like, that was all right. They had a great time, yeah. Um, okay, so real quick then, we we added a bonus to this bonus episode because you were telling me about this movie that you had just watched, which is, I would I might even call it the, the, the Lost Muppet Christmas Special, the less popular Muppet Christmas Special, um, the Forbidden Muppet Christmas Special. It is Emmett Otter's Pagan Jug Band Stimulus Package. Um, <laughs> it is... Uh, I just lost it. I just had all my info in front of me and I lost it. Anyway, uh, 70s. Um, 78? 77? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 70. So it's older. Older. Yeah, 77. Um, a TV special based on the book of the same name, directed by Jim Henson and featuring a cast of Muppets. Um, originally produced for Canadian television. And this, um, this was my reaction to the way you reacted to uh, the to the claymation one, which is very extremely no. I had never heard of this. I knew nothing about it. Um, all right, you've sent me a link no, to Love that's, Actually. That's, I'll that, watch this that's, later. That's the Love Actually thing for for for, yep. for your in your own time. For me to get the joke and put in the notes. Cool, cool, cool. Um, anyway, I what the hell is this? And how did you find it? Uh, this was half right. Um, oh, this wasn't you. This was Hath. You're so right. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, friend of the show, 
half had just watched this with her with her niece and recommended it. And I think this is like this is like one of their traditions, basically. I think they 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 they, they go deep on Emmett Otter, and so I think we are we are both on the me side oh, of this. I forgot. Uh, yeah, where I'm. And actually, I think you probably saw more of it than I did because I was making dinner, uh, like while the kids were watching this, uh, and so I got some of it, um, but definitely not all. Uh, but what I got, I did not get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was my main takeaway. Was I can kind of see why this is not the popular Muppet Christmas special. It opened like the opening song is a song where a mother and son sing about the song is called the bathing suit that grandma otter wore and it's a song about how this deceased old otter had a gigantic ass well i thought it was everything i didn't know who's i thought was it only butt that was big it it felt like it was specifically or it was like butt and other well swimsuit parts so but yeah it was just just talking about her her fat bottomed otter mom and fat bottom uh, otter moms you make the rock and world go round (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it is it is specific it is a little weird um so for those who've never seen it let me give you a quick summary of this which is uh which you can see on prime right now if you're on amazon prime available for free um so two of the poorest otters to ever live in the american south a mom and son who are desperate from so desperate for money that they sell their only valuable possessions to try to win a talent competition, kind of like the gift of the Magi, but instead of sacrificing their own favorite thing, they sacrificed each other's ability to make money. Um, <laughs> it's a strong move. And I like it. It's aggressive. And then um, they end up losing the talent competition to the local bullies who form a rock band called the nightmare that is well ahead of its time for 77. This is dark metal. Um, and But then right before the otters starve to death, they get a job as a lounge act in a popular river nightclub. And the Christmas moral, obviously, as you can take this away, it's not particularly religious. The moral is get like, give up everything in your life for art. Just go all in on art. You will figure out how to make money. You don't need a job. Quit your job now and just focus on your your art, whatever it is, a jug band, which doesn't seem like it's got a lot of future, your singing career, your dress, whatever it is, quit everything and just do art. I that's the theme. I yeah, I don't know, man. This was this is interesting. <laughs> um like so I guess the things that I would pull out. So one I think a lot of actually what makes this cool is um you have to it's cooler as adults in some ways from a technical standpoint, because if you remember this like that opening scene, right? They are in the water like half, half of this movie are them in a boat on the water, which means the puppeteers are drowning. <laughs> and so if, if they're singing while drowning, that's pretty good. Um, they're singing. One of the otters is rowing the boat, but it's just in in water. I, you'd never see Muppets just in water. That's crazy yeah, balls. So, they did, so that's the kind of thing where it's like they do a lot of things that are really impressive if you get that, like, oh, wow, there's people under Yeah, that. that was incredible. We also see the most leg you ever see in a Muppet film. Like normally you see Muppets from the waist up, but these guys, there's a lot of that crazy Muppet walking where you just see the legs waving underneath them and they move, but all of them had legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you, uh, Kermit drove a, rode a motorcycle. There's yeah, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of cool stuff like that where it's like, wow, good job on like, good job on pushing yourself technically. And it's the kind of thing where it's like only like Jim was down. Right, and some of the people who were real geeks about this. Were like, "Oh man, this is so so crazy." But like, if it goes well, like, and the kids are watching, it's like, "Okay, I don't like." There's nothing that I get about why this is a, a special thing. Yeah, so they come. So I just this is very brief. Wiki, I don't know much about it, but in addition to the normal Muppet hand puppets, the characters are also frequently represented by marionettes, and it uses bunkraku and black theater techniques. Um, so, and obviously, you know, that, uh, Bankraku is, um, a form of traditional Japanese puppet theater. Mm. Um, so they, yeah, they did a lot of interesting, challenging things. The songs are bad and that's the main problem for me is that they're just not bangers except for the nightmare, which sings a radical song. Did you get to the nightmare? I did not get the nightmare song. Okay. So they're in the, they're in the, the, the contest, the talent contest that they're all here for. That's the whole point of all of this. And they both, both mom and son are in separate acts. They're trying to win the $50 and they don't realize the other one's there, but then they both like literally no one's been good. We see just awful talent before them. Then they both do a pretty good job. And then 
the bullies had heard them talking about being in the in the band and in in the contest so they joined at the last minute and the the mayor who's hosting goes like we normally wouldn't add somebody after the program is closed but they seem like nice boys and so they put it's like snakes a badger a fish in a tank that are have been driving around wreaking havoc like ca- causing so much damage all over town they join at the last minute they get to headline this talent show and they show up with a light spectacular like they have a full light show around their rock band that they just formed with all electronic instruments and then they play this amazing punk rock song that includes my favorite line of it is we never brush our teeth because a toothache helps us stay mean Oof! like it's bully rock and it's so good it's like it's pretty rad and so when they win it's like yeah well you guys and yeah. your jug band can't compete with bully rock um, yeah, I mean, right, you can this it was a shape of Bully Rock to come. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's a good joke. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's, it's a very strange moral, and most of the songs are not that good, except for the Bully Rock song. Um, but it is an interesting, it was an interest. it's 45 minutes, I mean, it's a, it's not a upsetting sit. And, and also, you have to yeah, put it in context, this was made for Canadian TV, right? Like, this is not like, it was not a full theatrical release. Um, and so I, you can imagine this would be like a cool thing if you stumble upon, right? Totally. I, yeah, exa- I think if we had, if we just randomly seen this and been like, Jim Henson made, th- I never heard of this. I would have liked it more than when it was built up as like actually a pretty great tradition, but this is part of the problem. We, you know, I'm, we're both watching Emmett Otter after we're no longer able to form yes. um, new languages. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, we're, we're past like the critical, uh, I guess, otter attachment period. Uh, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. They are cute otters, but yeah. all right. Um, that's all I'm going to say about Emmett Otter then. This is just a bonus bonus, so we can just keep it real short. Yeah, but I think before- the only other thing I'd say is that, that one, one thing that felt on point for, for Henson was like the, the, I think an enduring thing about a lot of Henson's work is that like sort of there's a magic in putting on a show. Uh, and that that yes, the art will save yes. you, basically. <laughs> That's what, yeah, Megan was like, boy, Muppets sure like have that show gene. Yeah. They, they're all performers at heart. Um, um, and, and there's something sweet about that, I think, where it's like, you know, super that, sweet. That, that's like that, that self-expression I think is, is, is powerful and, um, like going all in on that. I would um, say also the mother son relationship in this is really interesting. Um, the, the father has died and they're, but they're both, which is normal for kids movies. Kids hate having, hate having two parents, but, um, <laughs> And the dad was like, well, actually, very fun. My, my favorite joke, which they did a couple times, was that their dad had lost all of his money trying going into the snake oil sales business. Mm-hmm. But um, as he said, no one wants to oil a snake anymore. <laughs> so he wasn't selling fake medicine made out of snake. He was selling oil for putting on your snake. Yeah. And that was not a good business investment. But it, like, inspired them to, like, reach for their dreams. It Like, there are parts of it that are kind of sweet, but also just... Uh, especially my wife was just so worried about them starving to death when they got rid of their, like they sold their tools for working for a living to buy into a gamble talent show. Like it, it's not, it's just not, it's not smart. Uh, it's so I, I, reckless. Oh, okay. I guess I'll say also that, that song at the end, I didn't hate also like their, their, their mashup song. Um, I don't know if it's like the thing that, you know, uh, makes you super successful, but also I thought it's like, this is kind of a bummer in this town that like the best thing you can hope for is a steady job like yeah. that's that's the dream uh where, where they yeah, feed you it, a steady job where they feed you a steady job with free mashed potatoes i would all right there's no there i, I will say though i guess uh, to argue against myself there are few few jobs that would not be improved with uh you know nightly servings of free mashed potatoes so i do get that I mean, mashed potatoes are a thing, and I love mashed potatoes. But they are be, being um, that they are kind of a puree and a and a mush. It's the kind of food that would get old fast. I think you've or you're in mush potatoes accidentally, Alex. That's definitely <laughs> different. I just I doesn't it seem like it's like oatmeal? It's like it's a thing that I like occasionally. But if it was my everyday driver was eating mashed potatoes, it like the texture would start to re- okay oh, would get to me. I now know my new mission is to create a band made entirely out of California mashed potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, this is the mash. The California mashed potato board is uh, sponsoring this. Um, the names are Mush and Mash and Puree, I and can they play totally, Bully Rock. Totally chart at least to eighty four on the Hot One Hundred with the mashed potatoes <laughs> by James Brown. Of course, that's the whole dance. Already. Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. Now it's a good idea. 
Um, all right. I have, I have three quick mailbag items that I want to get to before we go um, that I think you will appreciate. Um, first up from Tom. This came in through Patreon. Uh, Tom, the meat buddy, said, in an episode a few weeks back, you mentioned how they should make a movie about the devil went down to Georgia or a sequel to Casablanca. This is a really good riff from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I am obsessed with the devil went down to Georgia as I wrote a sketch for a radio show years ago that was like the devil went back to Georgia Mm -hmm. and because the end of the song is the devil going like or is Johnny saying come back anytime and so I think about like the devil coming back for repeated rematches and always losing and I think the devil's a funny character can it be devil went down to Georgia to colon devil or nothing Devil or Nothing is a great name. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, so so, and then we also talked about like a weird sequel to Casablanca. So so, Tom points out. Tom says, "Well, do I have a podcast for you? As have you heard of the show Story Break? No. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a it's a weekly podcast from Rocket Jump, where hosts Will Campos, Matt Arnold, and Freddie Wong uh, sit down in the writers' room and attempt to break the story of a terrible concept or a ridiculous concept or property." Hmm that they do not have the rights to. And so specifically Tom suggested episode 92, the devil went down to Georgia where they, as a writer's room broke the story of the devil went down to Georgia, the movie or the sequel. It kind of varies around anyway. Uh, these are three very funny dudes and it is a delightful show. And also as a writer, it's like an, int- it's like a fun, interesting process of like watching writers come up like break stories, but they're bad stories. There's also an episode I haven't listened to yet. Episode 101 that is Casablanca two, Ilsa's revenge. <laughs> so, oh, these are uh, great. I've only listened to one, but high re- highly recommend so far the story break the podcast. And thank you for the suggestion, Tom. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then other one. Oh, wait, closed my email. Here we go. Um, oh, second recommendation came in from Claire by email. Claire says, hello, Alex, etc. I think it would be fun if you and Ezra watched some weird animation for Ezra credit. You have not fully explored the depths, uh, the full depth of stop motion weirdness. And I think you would probably appreciate it. Um, I know a lot puns carry a lot of weight on the show, so you could maybe do it in January and call it Janimation Month. Oh. To which I would say, we did already do anime, and animation is like right there. Uh, but yeah, Janimation is also available. Um, specifically, Claire nominates Alice by Czech animator, animator Jan Zfunkmacher. That's probably not close. Then you would uh, <laughs> uh, you could also make that part of January because of Jan. Anyway, um, so that's interesting. Good, good suggestion, Claire. I'm curious, and I do like stop motion animation. But then the second half of this recommendation that I think is really fun. Um, also, after your quiz show episode, which was lots of fun, I love Jeopardy, and it was exciting to hear about it. I wanted to suggest a weird British game show called Only Connect. Every full episode is available on YouTube as it comes out because apparently BBC Four does not care. It is very hard, very obscure, very English trivia with no stakes. So the contestants are even nerdier and more awkward than Jeopardy players. It's hosted by comedian Victoria Corin Mitchell, and she is hilarious, constantly making fun of the difficulty of the show and the audience, and but also weirdly supportive of the awkward nerds on the show. Um, and she frequently makes jokes that are almost too dirty for television. Um, anyway, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. So I watched the episode that Claire sent of Only Connect, and I love it. It's so... It, everything Claire said is exactly right. It is way too hard it is absurdly hard and the contestants are smarter than me but they frequently do not get the answers and there are no stakes a winner just has more points than the other team and then they come back but it's like at least from what i can tell no one's making any money on only connect and then victoria corn mitchell is so funny and so dry and um just like the opening to this episode is like hey welcome back to only connect the a game show which is described very thoroughly on our website, so I'm not going to repeat it for you. It's just a very good, dry British humor. Um, anyway, I like it a lot. So only connect the absurdly difficult British game show. All right. From And thank you for the recommendation from Claire. Um, and then... Uh, oh, one question for you. Um, as before we go, one more thing I wanted to talk about. This yeah. is from uh, our Patreon... Uh, infrequently asked questions where you where people ask us just just curiosity or stumpers or uh, conundrums whatever it is um questions for us to discuss so briefly as from Mm -hmm. ursa what was the first film that you watched a bunch of times either in theater or on vhs dvd etc what was your first 
So, and I was not as a you, as a kid. You always do replays, but do you remember your first like adult oh. or late teen or teens or whatever on many m- mega replay movie? Like this is sort of like the um, okay. Like this is like more like the the choice when you have like a lot of things open to you. Yeah, I guess I just you know as a kid you just watch the same one over and over again because you don't care. But like once you could watch other things, yeah, and you choose to watch something over and over again. Or was there a first thing you bought for yourself on VHS or DVD that you watched a ton of? Okay, okay, let me think about this. Okay, so so and there's a couple that I could I could probably have an answer. Uh, so I think the the first thing I ever watched a ton of was probably Dumbo was like one of my one of the ones we like really really loved like early on. I think uh-huh. Return of the Jedi was another one that I like just like really oh, yeah. really did a ton. Uh, um, go yeah, on. you know what? Mm-hmm. This is a thing I've been meaning to say to somebody, and you feel like maybe the pers- perfect person to hear this, which is that I like Ewoks. Oh, and I yeah. think everyone else needs to shut the hell up. Who who cares if there's teddy bears in a Star Wars movie? They're adorable. Everyone like like why can't we like something? This is I know I'm the worst person to say that because no, I hate every a lot of things randomly, but fine. still, your index highlight. You know, but I mean, this is this is just the we we watched that at the critical yeah, before the critical Ewok period. Like, oh, that's it, true. We were in the Ewok uh, uh, phase of our lives. Yeah, um, but um, let's see. I I. I know there's the uh, DuckTales movie that I, I also liked a, a ton of because um, I, I really liked DuckTales um, growing up. Um, like going, getting older, I'm trying to think if there's like, this is like the one thing that I could really like peg as like, this is like kind of a turning point of like rewatching. Honestly, there wasn't, there wasn't Sorry. that much. No, you're good. There wasn't that much like, you know, uh, super rewatching because I think like my, uh, my parents had like sort of a philosophy against rewatching on the whole. Where, oh, they were like, there's always a good new movie to watch. Yeah, it's like basically like, you know, expand. Where it's like they didn't like really believe in like the same like vacation spots either for the most part, right? They just like you know like look, this is about experience. Like it's like sort of like widening. No things. repeat, no surrender. Yeah, so you just keep on, you just kind of keep on going to. There's always more stuff to sort of explore. Um, and so I don't know if there's that much where we do. I like I think one of the early early DVDs, like the first DVD was probably like uh, um, the Matrix um, and. Um, like said, so, you know, uh, like in you know, ninety, I guess that, that was like yeah, two thousand a two thousand DVD we got. In terms of like something that I like, I've watched a bunch of times and like have tried to show a lot of people. Uh, that'd be um, uh, Ryan Johnson's Brick, uh, which I, I really oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah we we did we talk about that for the yeah. show or just in person? Maybe it's in person. Uh, but I can't remember, but yeah, Brick was so fun. Yeah, uh, and that was one of those things where it's like this was that was like sort of a, a random discovery, uh, like where it's just like I saw a trailer. Uh, with my dad at one point for this, and I was like, "Well, I don't know who this person is, but that seems really cool." And then I watched it, and it was really cool. And then I like bought it, and like it was like a thing where I just wanted to keep on introducing it to people. Basically, we talked about it in an episode. I think I br- I brought it up because I had watched it, but we didn't actually do a full episode okay. about it. It's that makes embarrassing that I don't know that offhand. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, th- that's yeah. What a fun. What a fun movie and a good rewatch movie, I would imagine, because it's yeah. so stylized and like this, like the dialogue's really fun. So it's the kind of movie that's fun to know the dialogue as it's happening. Yeah, it makes you feel cool to watch it, and that's uh, there's not that many yeah. movies that are like that for me. I think where it's like, oh wow, you feel like you're really brought into this special world, and I think like to, to such a, it's like it's, I guess also as like you know an aspiring creative, it's like it's like nearly achievable. Is kind of how I feel where it's like the the polish, it doesn't look super polished necessarily. Um, but like the stuff that you can control, like in terms of like the, you know, like the, the, you have like really strong performances and, um, you know, and you have a, um, like generally really strong performances and then you have like that really tight script, um, uh, and, and, and stylized dialogue that, that makes it feel like, oh yeah, this is, this is how you'd want to do that kind of like low budget, uh, thing to, to pull it off. Yeah. I, that's something that, uh, Hunter would definitely appreciate as well. He has a lot of, like, I can tell when you talk about a movie where he feels like it, like it makes him want to go make a movie. Yeah. There's totally, that kind totally. of aesthetic, and I, that's really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a much. This is such a great answer, and I'm gonna give you a much less charming answer. Yeah, which is that instead of an aspiring creative, when I was in high school, I was an aspiring piece of shit. <laughs> and um, specifically, I really liked like con men and hustlers. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything I watched a bunch of times was like about con men or hustlers. So like I watched Rounders a million times because yeah, my you, goal I remember was to you, borrowing the DVD from you for sure. Yeah, I I watch Rounders 
I've watched Rounders like probably more than any other movie at this point. And, you know, it has some good movie things, but it's not incredible. And it's a very specific poker movie. It's not even about the poker world generally. It's about a very specific underworld of New York private games. But I, it came out at the time, at the same time as like the World Series of Poker blew up and with the moneymaker effect. And at the time where I had decided I wanted to be a poker player or a poker cheat, I had not decided entirely. And so poker that something. had both characters. But like, there's also uh, the Cincinnati Kid, uh, which is a pool hustling movie, and or which is oh, sorry, is, a, is a, another poker hustler movie, and then uh, Hustler, which is a pool hustling movie, which is another job that I aspired to in high school. And I spent a lot of time, like at eleven o'clock in the morning at pool halls, which is when it's only degenerates and hustlers practicing uh, to hustle pool. Um, so I just spent a lot of th- those years rewatching movies with hustlers. And the thing is, at least the Cincinnati Kid and the Hustler. Both of them do not work out great for the hustler. Rounders is weird because it does. He just like risks everything, does a bunch of stupid things, and is only obsessed with winning, and, he, and it works. And it did not occur to me that those ma- – it did not matter to me the different endings. Like um, the Cincinnati Kid is a crushing ending about the about how you could be the best in the world. You could be – you could lose – at gambling even if you are smarter and like i was like yeah but but the other times he was winning it was it's a i had this amazing sociopathic ability to watch like the first two acts of a movie and and then like kind of like not care that it went that that someone got their come up it was like every movie where the theme was crime doesn't pay i was like i just watched the crime part no it's just it's just just quit earlier is is a lesson for all these movies it's just so many movies. We've joked about this before, I think, but like there's so many movies where if you just watch the first two acts and then turn off, it's like, well, everything worked out for that guy. And it's really fun. <laughs> Turns out it's great to take boats called Titanic. Like that's, yeah. That's- yeah, right? Like two thirds of Titanic is like, wow, you can get laid in a car on a boat. That's two different <laughs> forms of transportation. Um, and then it's just okay it just turns out fine i don't uh so that was my early rewatch days was i and i had at one point i had a like the first time i got a tv in my room was in high school and i had like bought a a dvd player it's like one of my first those were my first few dvd movies i just watched them over and over and over and over again that's that's really good uh it's not charming I, well, I, I mean, the 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 con long cons I, I do like a lot. Um, I like that sort of like the, there was definitely a, a thing I was I was into as well. Um, with, um, like I love the Ocean's Eleven stuff. Uh, I, I like oh yeah more uh, for more more uh, George Clooney being a, a good bad guy. Uh, Outer Sight yeah. was one of my favorites also at that time as well. Um, yeah, the problem with anti heroes is that some high schoolers can't tell that they're not hero heroes <laughs> yeah there's the issue of fight club also right um yeah fight club i also watched casino which has like just the most awful ending uh like everyone goes bad in casino but i just watched the parts where he was winning <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the lesson is it's great to have a casino um <laughs> Yeah, what a oh man, what a mess I was. Um, this is a great. We should definitely have people write in, which like what what are the lessons you get from movies if you stop two thirds of the way through it? Yeah, yeah. What what movie do you misinterpret by only watching part of it? Yeah, that is a fun game actually. Maybe maybe we'll figure out a way to do a longer segment about just like the first two acts of movies and and what their morals are. Um, um, all right, so that that is good for our special. Let's end it there. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Ezra Credit this month. Um, you know, we're this is the end of season three. We're going to have the holidays off. I hope uh, hope you have wonderful and especially safe holidays this time around. And we'll be back in the new year with some season four, which we're still ironing out details of. But you will, um, I was going to say you guys will be the first to know, but you will not. You will be second to know after us. We will know first. Um, but then we'll tell you guys. It'll be great. T- tell and them before I- me. So uh, they can be second and I can be like fourth or fifth. Okay, great. As you'll be third to know what season four is about. <laughs> and then, but we will, you know, depending on how scheduling works, we may, um, we make, we might be able to continue Ezra credit or we might have a different Ezra bonus, Ezra, Ezra podcast uh, with you if that is. Oh, can it be extra Ezra about like sort of like, like newsies? We, we just watched the, I thought you were going to say news. No, we just watched newsies over and over again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like extra Ezra, but it's like a little extra, like it's a little extra, extra, extra. Um, so it's <laughs> Ezra, Ezra, weep all about it. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Well, we'll consider it. It's got a stupid name. So now we have to do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, please everybody be safe and happy. And we will, we will talk to you in the new year as, as I hope you have a great last couple weeks of the year. Thank you. You um, too, Alex. I believe we just didn't, did we just do the solstice? Are things turning around? Uh, yeah, it's, it's now, this is the bummer and the, and the good thing where it's like one, 
Yes, uh, it is now going to get a little bit brighter uh, all the time, but also now it is officially winter has now started. Right before that, yeah, that was I just. just I, that every wasn't year, winter. I'm like, what is wrong with my calendar that it thinks this is when winter starts? Like, how do you? Ugh, I don't. I just. I guess I'm still in school mode enough that like summer is when you leave school to when school starts again, and then it's fall until it gets cold, and then it's winter. Yeah. Until it starts to get nice. So I think it's been winter for at least two months. It's. I think it Thanksgiving is. is the start of winter. That's my theory. That's right. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I don't know why we're letting this calendar tell us something that we all know to be false. <laughs> Calendars are lying to us all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, enjoy the the world like having bottomed out, I guess. You think so, but there's a lot, a lot more bottoms every time. <laughs> I don't know. I watched The Ghost of Christmas Future and apparently I die, so things get better. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too sad to say out loud. That's a good joke on on Twitter, but that's too too yeah. depressive to be an okay, out loud well, now joke. Now we know. Now we know for next time. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to everybody in season four. Take care. Bye. Psh.